Well, greetings and My name is James White, and I have got a bunch of uh, feedback coming back from this little thing down here that we need to mute, or it's going to be a short program. There we go. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being with us. We are live on the air, and uh, we are live on the road. Uh, I am in Pryor, Oklahoma, and you go, weren't you there a few days ago? Yes, I um, I got here early, and I'm just bumming, bumming off of poor people that just have to put up. Sorry for them. And in fact, I am a poor person that I've been bumming off So uh, I've, I'm not sure I've ever referred to as the troublemaker from Oklahoma. Whose yard I am currently putting divots in because the, uh, the uh, jacks are, are sinking. In fact, I, I can almost guarantee you, when I try to pull that jack up, i a, a, a jack to get it out of the hole. <laughs> fun, uh, we had a lot of fun the first time because I shouldn't say this, but I was driving a little 19-foot south not if I could RV. It was rain, warm rain, and uh, the mirrors were gone. It was all fog and into where I am right now. And over, I don't think it's out there anymore. No, he killed it. <laughs> she killed the fourth. And then I guess. Track out here before, so I I think about 2010, I think. Was it? Uh, it's been 10, 12, 13 years. Okay, and she, but she's only 10. Okay, and maybe it's 10. We're both getting sold. Hey, that was earlier. It was the it was the following year. Really? Later than that. Because we moved in our We got broke into right after that. I don't know. Anyway, um, we are here, in, uh, and we're going to be doing a series tomorrow evening at I believe you said six thirty p.m. What's the address of the church? It's 18 South. Here in Prime. That's not where. This is the campus. Yeah, I'll leave the campus. And so. And we were trying to arrange it. Preach a dedication. Right. That worked out. So. Uh, for uh, three. 30 and then 10 15 10 15 Sunday morning um I'm hoping that uh the folks at G3 are the same topic you, you think there's any room for for talking about the son of God I followed oh, the past 
It, it works out that way. So uh, now you have, I have uh, on the dividing line before. Is my uh, Melton Ford? So let me let me get this. Let's see. The problem is I can't. I'm trying to find the. I'm trying to find the uh, there we go. There's. Let's see, this is a. Tell, tell me a little bit about Damascus. So Damascus skill is welded together to become wires. The more strength is something that was developed ninth century. And for the, the layers, grant strength to it. So that blade there, I think, has uh, probably younger um, Damascus, has even a Damascus core. Uh, it also has layers of copper that are welded into the blade and tool steel. So it's super strong, uh, super uh, nimble. I mean, it will undergo some pressure, and yeah, it's a it's a good blade. So it has a has a copper. Finger guard yeah. here, and then um, desert iron wood, desert iron wood, and, 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 and turquoise. A, turquoise, and a stag, sandbar stag, and and, uh, and by the way, this is the only one that's ever had three pieces of turquoise in that, it. That, that I do appreciate Trinitarian uh, reference there. So I want to make this thing. I mean, I I saw it at various variations uh, and. What in the world? You were, when I first came here, you were pastor of the church, but you were also, uh, I think, second in command of our police department, right? Yeah, I, I served 30 years there. I was retired and police chief. And so, full time and administrative full time, I had no time for anything. And so, after I retired, my wife said, You need a hobby. <laughs> you need a I hobby. Need, I need a hobby. And the wife says you need a hobby. Then it's been iron workers. And my grandfather, my dad owned a steel fish, and have since I've been able to to walk. And you know, I love knives. I've done anything like this before? No, I have not. You find a fort, right? And. YouTube videos. I met some master bladesmiths. Watched them forge a few times, and you know, sort of started learning, learning by mistakes. And have you saved errors? Just simply blade I ever forged in the house. I'll just show it. To you. Yeah, I, <laughs> you would not. Be... <laughs> I imagine, but I, I mean, you sit out there. And you pull these things glowing hot, and you're you're doing the old medieval blacksmith guy thing with a big old uh, hammer and the whole nine yards. I mean, that is if I was looking for a relaxing hobby, I'm sure that's what I would have picked. Well, it's well different, but that is my de-stressor. So after I come home from a very stressful day, or on Monday morning, I've got jet lag from preaching all 
I come out and work that out through the to start hitting steel. Now you guys uh, over here. What I made, it's kind of, I call it my brick trout model. It's Damascus with, I actually made that for my wife. She deer hunts. And that's like a Damascus with a brick trout panel. For, there we go. I'm putting, it looks like I'm stacking. Um, so again, you see the copper layers and the handle. What's, what did you, brook yeah, trout? Yeah, that's called brick trout. It looks like a, a brick trout. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so that's the, look, now that, there's, that's a to give to your wife. Oh, she loves it. And she, and she cleans her own way. She'll kill me for yeah. saying it's on there. And that's the one I made myself. Clean six deer this year. Really? You clean six deer. This, and that's got a little extra little thing. Yeah, there. for a left-hander. He is perfect. Oh, right. I see. All right. Look at that. Uh, I'm trying to get it up. There we go. That's so strange. <laughs> this looks like I'm filling in that, that camera. Um, now, uh, you contacted me back when we started doing the project. And you did, I, I do want to apologize. You did that uh, your wife was not allowed to come out and see the video. Uh, and, but she did. And I, uh, I, I let her see it. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh, you for not only uh, a unit like this, uh, but for this, this studio as well. And I mentioned this on the program before. Um, I said a bunch of times, you are the main for yeah, that's true. Uh, because not only did I with that little bit of used chaos, chaos. I mean, and I look. I, I I think I've already mentioned this, but I I did not have that little nineteen foot selfie which we rented for more than three hours before I destroyed air conditioner on a basketball hoop. I remember. Oh, but see, I didn't even realize I had done it until I hit a rainstorm on the way out. It just started pouring in, and so, so, so you got to picture this, folks. You really do. What do, what has this man had to put up with to have me around? Not only does he have to, to kill his his plant out there by running it over, and then get stuck in the mud. He has to pull me out of the mud twice. Um, but then when it stopped raining finally, because that was a real rainstorm. I mean. That was like a week long rainstorm. It was a yeah. long rainstorm. And you had to, you got up on the roof and took the cover off the air conditioner. And that's when we realized it had been shoved back. Like, there's like a three inches. Hell, yeah, there's blue sky. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. And so we, we sort of put it, pushed it back into place. And, and we, we went to a local store and we bought ceiling tape. Uh, I think Gorilla Grip ceiling tape. I, right. I carry some gays. Uh, and we got the, you know, I got all the way home without leaking anymore. It uh, probably still doesn't leak. <laughs> no, the, believe me, they replaced it. Here, there, that thing, sit, that thing may be sitting someplace in, in, a, in the woods of Oklahoma someplace because there's a yeah. lot of those types of things there in is. the backwoods. There is. Someplace. But, uh, yeah, I had to put up with all that stuff with me. It was absolutely amazing. Um, but you knew we were doing this uh, this uh, fundraiser, and so now, by the way, okay. So when it was out here, you said diesel. I did. Um, I saw inside your unit, and that's where I saw bunks in the back. Right. 
which is what popped into Steve's old brain last year and led to this whole idea. You said get this kind of wall, not kind of wall you have on yours. Right. And you said get a fill because it's more uh, stable in wind. Right. And we did all. You are really to blame for a lot of this stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Brother, I appreciate it. You wouldn't believe. I mean, I even, I even mentioned to you, I think somewhere along the line, that I, with this morning at breakfast, I mentioned when I went into your unit, you had the doors open. It was active. You had a store based for the, for the time. You had the doors open on the refrigerator and explained, if you don't do that, you can hold. Right. I learned. I remember I, every time I parked the unit. No. So we learned, I learned a lot real fast. And so I thank you very, very much. However, who has now pulled an RV farther than the other? You have. <laughs> it's nice that way. <laughs> I don't know. You may find yourself being a current uh, minister someday. And now you know how to now you know how to do all this stuff. So um, you know you knew we were raising funds for all this stuff and you are also one of the two people that I saw with a Jeffrey Rice rebind before I had one. That's right. You had a what is it? Does it, it had the five solos? It has the five solos. I think mine is the first one that he did the five solos that, Je that Jeffrey did with the five solos. Okay. I've never seen one before, right? And now it's gone crazy. You know, the oh, latest them. You know, you can buy them that way now. Yeah. But I think I had the first one. And it was something I wanted on my. Preaching Bible, right? And I had Jeffrey remind my Alan New American Standard for me and do that for me on it. And that was when he was first learning, right? So he was pretty new at that, right? And then Kofi, and then Kofi had one done before I did, right? Okay, so those are the two that I saw, right? And it's when I contacted Jeffrey and said, I have a Greek New Testament that I'd really like to have done, and he just went all out on that. And when I showed it, that's what led to the really to the, to the business itself right. uh, for, for Jeffrey. So you were one of the two people that were very important in doing the net. All of that said, um, you said once Jeffrey said he was going to do the Bible uh, to help with the fundraiser, um, I think um, I'm pretty sure, and I. It, it, I could be wrong about this, but I think that is done. Maybe I'm not sure. Talk to us the way right now. But the last bid that I saw on the Jeffrey Rice Rebind Bible was seventeen hundred dollars. Now I sat around and I figured that's seventeen gas stops on a trip, right? Uh, because as you know, we have the diesel truck, right? And uh, I'd say probably averages right at a hundred bucks. Uh, oh, unfortunately, he just he just texted me, and uh, I left my phone in the other room, and it said, "Look, uh, I just pulled it up here. Yeah, seventeen hundred. So was, I'm assuming that was what it's gone. That's done now. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but um, obviously, everybody, we we realize that that is a, just a wonderfully generous donation." And we're very, very thankful. And I'm very, very thankful for everybody else who gave. But somebody else contacted me and said, hey, I would like to donate something for the fundraiser. And that is one of these beautiful knives. Now, you're working on it. Um, 
you were showing me some of it this morning. Uh, you said it's all wrapped up because you're doing the handles. Right, I'm working on the handle picture right now. But you said that you actually said before we got started that I that I if I wanted to, I should maybe think about auctioning my knife and taking this one because you're saying this steel is is just absolutely. Uh, the steel's probably the best I've used you know, in all these years of making blades. It's visually stunning. Mm. It's going to have. Layers of nickel steel into the tool steel mm -hmm. as well. So it's kind of layers of um, raindrop Damascus with nickel and then a tool steel that's going to be blackened with that silver guard and such black micarta and then a stabilized maple handle with blue rosin in it. Mm. It's going to be. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. So, now, I'm not, I don't know. Uh, I think there was actually someone uh, trying in London to get the Bible. They probably couldn't get that knife in London. Well, I don't know. Thanks, sir. I, London, London, yeah. I, no guns, no knives. So, the folks from London probably don't want to be, uh, but... In the back of your mind, are you sitting there going, well, you know, Jeffrey got <laughs> right. Which is going to raise more <laughs> going on here. And so um, what we'll probably do, my, my assumption is what we'll do is, uh, uh, well, well, you'll probably have it done before you leave, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I, so I can take it with me. We need to, we need to get some good. But so you're, you've gotten really good at uh, taking pictures, too. Well, I hired that down. <laughs> so, careful. That's why I hired it down. Okay. All right. All right. If you hire it down, uh, I, can, I can try to fake it, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get some pictures taken. And so uh, maybe by the next dividing line, we'll, we'll see. I might be able to – we might be able to start a process uh, with one of these beautiful lives. Um, now primarily going to travel fund, but – you know, it, it's all getting, keeping this thing going down the road, uh, which is the, the challenging part of everything. So um, I'm, from what you're telling me, uh, you know, maybe I'll have to put a bid in myself or something, you know, I, I don't know, because you're, you're telling me this, this deal is supposed to be really, really, really awesome. So well, it's um, going to be beautiful. It's going to be, it's going to be utilitarian. It's going to be useful. So, well, see, see, what's utilitarian about this for me is that it's it's just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and um, and stuff like that. But you go out and you like to kill things and, and things like that. And you love when you see your blades getting used. I'm not trying to put this blade down just because I don't go out and kill something. Uh, but someday, who knows? Maybe somebody we'll offered. No, I know, I know. It's just it's not like you're next door. <laughs> from where we are here so so uh you've been here now uh the, the church was founded uh, when? january 10th 1999 i started a teen ministry in uh, 1991 so I started working with street kids and, and still are still are for 30 years into serving thunderbird youth Academy. it's a military department ran program for at-risk teenagers 16 year old high school dropout Talked to a lot of those those meetings. Well, yeah, you've spoke to those kids mm -hmm. in years gone by, 
And so we're 30 years of working with uh, troubled teens, and we love that. But now Grace Life Church um, is the, the parent church ministry over that. And, and so a lot of street ministry, and uh, we have a growing adult ministry, and we had to move to a new campus. We bought a new campus about half the Seabock, actually, uh, about a year and a half ago. And we're real thankful the Lord has made way for that. And some very kind, gracious, godly people helped us uh, to get into that property. And things have just been really going gangbusters ever since. And prior, uh, back when I first came, pretty pretty small area, and then Google came. That's right. And so uh, um, you're starting to face some challenges because Google has brought in stuff in the public schools and right. stuff like that. So there's a lot of uh, need for, you would think, in uh, in, in Oklahoma, the Bible, the Bible Belt, but, uh, but it's not that way. It's not that way. We used to be the Bible Belt, and everything that is in California is higher now, sadly. Yeah. And we're seeing that, that drift. And uh, But, you know, we're... Yeah, but you were a cop. You saw it all. It's true. You saw it all. That's true. So you, are, you already knew the buckle was rusted. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you, it's actually you, true. You had seen uh, right up front. Uh, you, you probably horrible fulfillment Romans chapter one. You could possibly have. Yeah. I mean, there are things I wish I didn't see. Oh, sure. I've not seen it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thankfully, the Lord helped me through all those years. And I'm thankful for every year I got to serve. And I did six straight years of sex crimes against children. Uh, back in the day when I did before, I became the assistant chief. And, you know, it's, it's some rancid, wicked people. And, yeah. and uh, I just remember back then you were really looking forward to retirement. And I'm thankful to be retired. <laughs> I bet. For all you've done, thank you for all the uh, wisdom for me. And uh, I have, I have very said to brother Derek that if because you know maybe if the Lord willing you know he's going to be looking at getting a, a you know a, a fifth wheel type setup in the future I hopefully will be able to be of assistance to you I hope so, uh, I hope so. From experience now that I've uh, gathered you know what's going to happen is I'm going to drive down the road on Monday morning and you know drive off into a ditch like that because you, you were you were Bragging about how far you got that thing going. That's what's going to happen. You just, you just know, you know, snow. But thank you so much. Uh, it's been such a, a pleasure. There are, there are pastors across the U.S. that I've, and it's funny. Most of them are not in real big places. You know, you got Tom Buck. Uh, you know, he's not, you know, some massive, huge place. And, uh, a lot of the pastors that I've gotten to know uh, are in smaller places, and that's really. I don't know. There's just something about the faithfulness level required to be dealing with those situations. And it's not all the politics and all the rest of the stuff. It's just dealing with people. And so it's uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. And hopefully the folks have uh, gotten used to the very strange, bald Scotsman uh, coming in every every few years. And Well, they're excited. Yeah, they, I'm looking forward to it. They cheer every Sunday when we make the announcement. <laughs> and so they're excited. And I've, I've been excited. I always love when you come just to Hang out and Hang go out eat bacon and, and go. Oh, go eat. What's the place called? Hugo's. Hugo's. Uh, go eat. If you if you come, yeah. You said told me this morning you used to have one prior. We had one prior and it's no longer. But yes, right. So there's a there is a restaurant. If you want to have the largest breakfast you've ever had, 
if you want to see what in a, pretty much an entire it looks like in the form of a uh, this this place is famous for it, and uh, it was good again this morning. It's always good. We've had some we've had some in depth conversations about a lot of interesting. It's the truth over over the tables. Love it. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. So, brother, thank you so much. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Uh, we'll look forward to getting the pictures of that new laid up and uh, uh, getting everything set up as far as the the office, uh, uh, and we'll see what happens. Well, the Lord blesses it, and yeah, there you go. a lot of money raised for the minister. There you go. It's our all right. Well, thank you, bro. Thank you. And, uh, don't let me keep your. Uh, now we're going to hope that he doesn't fall over here because trying to get a person in here is uh, a bit of a challenge, but. Uh, Thank you very much, and I'm going to kill that microphone, and I'm going to stay on uh, on this one uh, for the for near future for the rest of the program. Thanks for letting us do that. Uh, thanks for listening in, and uh, pray for Pastor Derek and the folks here uh, in Prior and the ministry here. He really is a wonderful ministry. He's a great guy. Uh, give you the shirt off the back, and um, uh, it's uh, it's great, and I I I've gotten to know his cats. <laughs> There's our little teeny kitty. She's getting really old. I'm not. This may be the last time I see her. So uh, anyway, uh, just personal stuff. Um, couple things I want to get to today, and I do need to be wrapping up pretty much at the top of the hour. So uh, and there's stuff to play as well. All right, let's transition to a few things. I said last time I wanted to talk a little bit about Andy Stanley. He's doing a series. And I will, um, oh, by the way, do you, do you like the background? It's different, huh? Yes, I put that up. I did that, even with my bum shoulder. Um, I'm going to have to do some repair to it and things like that. Rich would have done a better job, but I don't think the camera could tell one way or the other. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we keep working on ways of doing stuff and uh, i'm wondering what comments are uh that rich is seeing right now about looks like you're beneath the sea now <laughs> it does sort of look like that i don't have it rotating through colors or anything like that we should do that let's see if it Let's see if it changes. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. This could absolutely drive the camera insane. If I see smoke coming out of the camera, I will stop it. But sort of fun for now to let it just sort of do its thing. Anyway, uh, Andy Stanley, I listened to the sermon. He's doing a, a series called The Fundamental List. Not Fundamentalist. Fundamental list. And here's my, I, I, most people, a lot of people have commented on the fact that I'm not an Andy Stanley hater. I'm not those people that are, are just, you know, tossing nuclear bombs his direction and just, you're, you're done, you're out of here. I, try to think about what his background is and I try to be fair in my criticisms. And he does follow me on Twitter, so I hope that maybe once in a while he might hear something that I'm saying. And I've 
I would like to try to be a voice to say, here's some of the dangers of what I see coming. Here's my concern. In this current sermon, I'm not going to play anything. I've got other things to play. In the current sermon, he emphasizes we have four Gospels. And he makes a distinction. Because remember, we've unhitted from the Old Testament. He says not everything in the Bible is equally important. And he's specific, he makes reference. All, all scripture is theodosos. All scripture is God breathed. But that doesn't mean everything is equally important. Well, okay. The narration of a particular battle in the Old Testament is not as important as the narration of the resurrection in, in a certain way of looking at things. And as far as like the centrality of the message of Scripture, yeah, obviously. But the problem is what he's doing with this is he's establishing different levels of authority in Scripture itself. My concern, my concern is most of us should be uh, aware of the fact that there is a movement called, um, well, I call it hyper-red letterism, but the red letter Jesus, it's, it's a movement, red letter Christianity, that in essence says that the teachings of Jesus are the normative, um, are the norm that norms everything else. So that you can put aside uh, Paul and others at a lower level. And we've seen what happens here. You look at a Brian Zond, uh, you look at the emergent church. The emergent church was very much associated with this perspective as well. And the result's not good. The result is always a deformation of anything close to biblical orthodoxy. And so here's here's my concern. And I, I think a lot of people would agree that this is there's reason to be concerned here. My concern is that Andy and his leadership are moving toward a an affirmation of various perspectives, including gay marriage, homosexuality, and these are these are the issues of our day. These are the things we're, we're being attacked from outside, and this is this is the church is going to have to take a stand. And we already know progressivism has capitulated on these things. It 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 cannot it cannot make a meaningful moral or ethical argument because it has does not have a meaningful moral or ethical view of scripture and so my concern is this is the preparatory movement almost like a, a five year plan except these days it might be like a two year plan do this sermon series establish this aspect of it then you do this, this next one, and you do this next, and it's a it's a degradation down to the point where you can then make affirmation of these things and make the church an affirming church or something along those lines, and bring as many people as possible 
with you without necessarily splitting the church. That's my fear. That's what I'm hearing. I'm listening. I'm trying to listen fairly, but I'm hearing the same stuff from the past that we've all commented on. And we've all said, well, this is really troubling. Um, and I, I see it continuing. So there's, I'm going to try to find the time to keep up with this series. What is the fundamental list? Because he was saying that there's all this stuff that we have made definitional that is not definitional that becomes stumbling blocks. And my concern is the argument's going to be this kind of strict interpretation of these quote-unquote clobber passages is a stumbling block to the gospel, and that's why we should be affirming, and so on and so forth. That's my concern. That's what I'm hearing right now. And I have reason to be concerned about these things. Uh, and another reason to be concerned about these things came up um, just today in looking at a woman by the name of Rachel Gilson, who is scheduled to speak at the Pastors, Wives, Slash, Women's Conference. Imago Dei, Created in His Image, Female. Monday, June 12th, New Orleans, Louisiana, Convention Center. So this is a part of the New Orleans Convention of the SBC, the Pastors, Wives, Women's Conference. And Rachel Gilson is speaking at it and what i have heard her saying is really troubling very very troubling and if you know we've, we've been hearing people talking about um the drift in the southern baptist convention it's really the direction and when you had certain people who had the presidency for like three years, it, it, very, very plainly, there are big names that want the SBC to pretty much go the exact opposite direction that it went because of the quote-unquote conservative resurgence. And their, their understanding very plainly is that if it doesn't go that direction, it will die. Their understanding is that the church needs to adapt to this cultural situation. And to say adapt to this cultural situation means to accept the progressivist understanding primarily of sexual ethics. Now, how far that can go, just look at the progressivists. Look at, look at what has happened to every single denomination that has gone down that road. And, and the odd thing about the SBC is it was going down that road and then reversed course for a while. But it seems very plainly that that course is now being reversed back um, the direction that it was going all along. And here is a real clear, obvious example of that. Um, I think I still had I thought that was that there. It's not. Let me see if this will 
bring it up. It doesn't look like it wants to. Oh, I know what's going on. It already has that screen up, and so it's not going to go to Twitter because that Twitter screen's up. Um, this is only 39 seconds, so let's look at this one first. Let's see if I can play this for you. And let's see if it, it the sound comes through. That's going to be the uh, the uh, difficult part here. Let's 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 see how this goes. Let's let's do it. The Bible holds forth, and God is very clever, right? His word says, "Hey, there are two equal ways to faithfully wear your sexuality in the world. You can be faithfully single, or you can be faithfully married uh, under my definition of marriage, and like to." live in either of those you could be attracted to men or women or both or neither or potted plants like it doesn't you know your attractional mm -hmm. patterns don't hold you back from having access to god's spirit in order to to live faithfully and i find that incredibly freeing okay so the saying is that she is either a graduate of or a student at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, anybody with eyes knows what's been going, out, going on at SEBTS for a long time and what has been encouraged to go on at SEBTS as far as CRT and woke perspectives and a much more progressivist viewpoint. And this is happening at all the S all the SBC seminaries, all of them, yes, including Southern, you know, you can find all sorts of stuff there too. Um, and it's almost expected at some of them. It's sort of like, well, yeah, we give those folks over to the. It's like all of them. So she's a student at graduate at something at SEBTS. The scary thing is. For most Christians, they listen to that and they go, well, you know, you either have to be single and celibate or married. And yeah, that sounds right. So yeah, okay, that sounds good. And it's like, did you hear what she said? She, she literally said, hey, as long as you're in one of those two categories, it doesn't matter what you're attracted to. You can be attracted to potted plants. Potted plants? God's creative intention for, for mankind and sexuality can include potted plants? Now, my, my understanding is I am seeing online that she herself is same-sex attracted. I have not been able to absolutely affirm that. Double check it, find something she wrote, something along those lines. But if that's the case, then you would under, you could understand what this is all about, sadly. And it, it should never be that. When, when you're talking about what God says about marriage, you shouldn't be the issue. And if you make yourself the issue, or you allow your sexual proclivities to determine what you're saying there's the problem but it should be really obvious to anyone that there is a fundamental disorder 
in being attracted to the same sex, being attracted to children, being attracted to animals, being attracted to houseplants. And now today we see all of that almost every day. That is disordered. That is that is not part of the liberation of Christ. Oh, we're, we're being set free to, we don't have to worry about these things. This is, this is someone coming out of Southeastern and teaching at a pastor's wives women's conference as part of the convention itself? And there's no drift? Yeah, there is a, there's a drift. Um, there's a big drift. And it's it's sad to see. Um, but there you go. Um, anyway. All right. Big topic here at the end. And I think this is vitally important. I'm going to have to be brief in my commentary. We can expand upon this in the future. We really can. Um, check my email one more time here because I, I emailed someone to ask them a direct question. I haven't gotten an answer yet, so I can't share that with you. When I first saw, excuse me, somewhere within the past month or so, I saw the announcement of a Credo Magazine dialogue between Matthew Barrett and Carl Truman. I really like Carl Truman. Um, Carl Truman's brilliant. Carl Truman is a fellow cycling enthusiast. Uh, go Garrett Thomas. Um, actually, I'm a Primoz Roglic guy myself, so I'm figuring he's going to win. We're talking about the Giro d'Italia. Don't worry about it. Anyway, but I have had to make mention in light of the Thomistic Renaissance and resourcement and all, whatever terminology we want to use, that uh, Carl has gone that direction. Uh, he says 2016, he really dove into Thomas and now is a real devotee and things like that. And that's concerning to me. And I mentioned I was very, very concerned when I heard a webcast he was on about a year and a half ago now uh, with two, with one man who's Roman Catholic, one man's Eastern Orthodox, but they are both formally Reformed. So they have abandoned the Reformed faith for Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy. And it was on that program that not only did Carl make some comments about the canon of Scripture that made me go, but the, the main comment that he made that was very, very concerning to me was to say that it's a real struggle. And I played this on the program. We commented on it. It's a real struggle to recognize that the men from whom you learned the most about justification by faith were wrong on the doctrine of God. And I'm pretty certain that's pretty much a straight quote. Wrong on the doctrine of God. Now, on another program, he had taken shots and people thought he was taking shots at me. And maybe he was. I don't know. About neo-Sassinians. Um, which I would be really disappointed in because no no one who knows church history could ever say that. And he knows church history. It, it, would, it would involve such a massive, massively unfair 
well, character assassination, yes, but but um, category error, just horrible category errors. But anyway, so when I saw the announcement that Credo was going to be having him on, I asked somebody to let me know. Well, I didn't have to because Twitter blew up with it. And then, interestingly enough, Credo Magazine started blocking everybody. I mean, anyone who has ever said anything, reviewed a Credo Magazine article, said, man, these guys are really imbalanced on Thomism. We're all blocked now, including myself. Now, Matthew Barrett had blocked me. Craig Carter blocked me. Um, and, of course, for, for simply disagreeing with them. You know, I have a long block list. Anybody who does profanity, you know, uh, people with 22 followers that, you know, question my heritage and my parents and stuff like Yeah, they're going to get blocked. So I've got a long block list. But I don't block people like that. But, you know, Craig Carter did it based on a lie. I don't know why Matthew Barrett did it. These folks seem to be very fragile, very thin-skinned, very, ooh, don't question us. I, I strange really really is anyway so the dialogue comes out and it's not very long there is a lot that could be commented on in it there were uh, barrett made a comment about um people and their their doctrine of christ uh, saying that that christ um forget the term the term he used but uh he was trying to make a shot at kenosis Matthew 24, 36, that whole stuff. You know, the fact that I've used language that I can trace all the way back through church history type thing. Yeah, that, that type of thing. Um, and that I was dealing with that text, you know, years ago, most of these guys would have said, oh, just we'll, we'll let you do that. You know, they weren't even concerned about this stuff. Now they're the experts and all this stuff. Anyway, he did make a comment about that. I didn't have time to, to pull that one up. I might pull it up for the next one and just to make a comment about that. But there were a few things right toward the end that I wanted to comment on today that I think are really troubling, really troubling indeed. So let's let's jump into this. And again, I hope that um, that the sound will. If the sound worked last time, no, um, the sound wasn't where it was supposed to be. I'm going to try to send it where it's supposed to go. And now I'm not going to be, I have no way of knowing whether it's working or not. <laughs> um, let me see if I can get signal up here to where I can. Okay, U.S. only on that one. Yeah, we're only going to take U.S. US um, bids on the knife once we put that up there. Because uh, we, can't, we can't send a knife like that <laughs> overseas. It'll never be seen again. And we will be banned from ever traveling to those countries, which I'm not traveling anyways. The other sounded fine. Okay, let's see if this works. Um, I'm just going to hit it, and um, we'll we'll see if it works. Uh, you know what? I'll bet you now it's going to work. Let's see. Connected to that, I think there's a, a biblicism, a confusion between being biblical and being biblicist. Uh, I was seeing a tweet by a well-known very conservative Baptist last week about Philippians 2. And, you know, it struck me as he's speaking as if he thinks nobody's ever seen this. You know, nobody in the whole of church history has ever realized the various problems associated with this text. 
And it struck me, that's a very biblical, you know, just throw out a text and 2,000 years of church reflection vanishes down the plug hole because they're all idiots and I've suddenly noticed this text. That's a problematic way of thinking about theology, but it works very well in a democratically impulsed, uh, pragmatic, pragmatic, anti-metaphysical, biblicist. Okay. Now, I tried to text. I used to have Carl's number. It's been changed. Whoever got that text, probably thought it was very strange. <laughs> I uh, I emailed, and I have not gotten a response to the email. I would very much like to know, and I, I'm, I'm I've, I've emailed Carl, and unless he cancels his Gmail account, he should get it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and go back through my feed for the past, because I, I don't even know when this was recorded, and look for everything I've ever said about Philippians chapter 2, but I've said a lot about Philippians chapter 2. If he's describing, Carl, if you see this, if you're describing me, shame on you. You know that's not what I did. You know that's not what I would do. So I want to know who you're talking about. If you're going to make a comment like this, if you're going to talk about people putting 2,000 years worth of interpretation down the rabbit hole or whatever. Um, you should know, I would be someone who has looked at how many people have interpreted this text. But you would also should know that their interpretation does not overthrow the fundamental exegesis of the text itself. And that there have been many down through history who have been deeply damaged by following origin, by, by by following Thomas's ideas of exegesis, where he just connects a word. There's a word in the psalm here, so you connect it here, and that means this and here, and that ends up making Psalm or Philippians two mean something completely different. I've documented how Thomas does this, for example, in Romans chapter four. I don't know how much of what I've actually said you've listened to, and how much you may be just listening to others. I'm hoping that you're referring to somebody else. I'd like to see this tweet. But I have a feeling when you're talking about a conservative, well-known conservative Baptist in Philippians chapter 2, forgive me for thinking that may be a shot at me. And if it is, it was unworthy of you. Unworthy of you. And here's my challenge. If you have any integrity, sir, you'll provide the tweet. And I'll have you on this program to talk about it. How's that sound? You and me, on this program, live, we'll talk about it. See, I have nothing to hide. I'm doing this for the welfare of the church. So if that was me, if that's what you're talking about, identify the tweet. We'll play this. We'll see if that's what I did. And then we can talk about what Philippians 2 is saying. Is that fair? I think that's really fair. I think it's really necessary. And unlike so many people in the Thomists, amongst the Thomists, this seems to be a characteristic. You all will take shots, but you won't give names. You won't give references. You can't check things out. That's not right. That's not how to do it. That's not how to do it. So I hope it wasn't me. But let's find out. I, I, I think it is absolutely fair. Find out. Now, 
evidently that sounded great because I was sending the audio straight in. Now I'm going to play a later section and we still have eight minutes. So let's, let's get to it. Judge Truman, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, just as a practical level, I think it, you know, one of the things that, that a lot of the scholarship surrounding Reformation and post-Reformation uh, theologies and, and the debate surrounding the Trinity, I think it's perhaps time for Protestants to, to reorient how they think about ecumenism. I'm not arguing here for, for, for wishy-washy, relativizing all differences, but one of the things that strikes me is Protestants seem to think that agreement on soteriology uh, relativizes fundamental disagreements on the doctrine of God. And I want to say maybe we need to rethink that. Okay. We don't need to think about what Carl Truman just said and what he's saying here at the end that Matthew Barrett then agrees with. We can play the whole thing, but like I said, we can come back to this. I've saved this file. We're good. What I'm hearing goes with what he said a year and a half ago. When he said, the men from whom I learned the most about justification, soteriology, were wrong about God. What does it mean to be wrong about God here? What I'm hearing are the classical theists, and again, that term, when it was coined by the opetheists, would have referred to all of us. Anyone who affirms that God is unchanged, God has full knowledge of future events, God is sovereign over all things, that there are three divine persons and one divine being, um, that, that, that would have covered all this back then. But you see, now that term has been stolen by a subgroup. And that subgroup says, we are the classical theists. Let's not worry about where this term actually came from. And let's not worry about people who affirm the doctrine of the Trinity, have written books on the doctrine of the Trinity. Just you people the doctrine of the Trinity for crying out loud. Let's not worry about any of that. We have a new definition. We have a new emphasis in our definition. And if you don't buy our metaphysical categories, and if you don't agree with us that the Thomistic concept of simplicity, not, not the idea that God's not made up of, of, of parts and all the rest of it, you know, that God's not made up of parts of his creation. No, 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 you can, you can do all that biblical stuff. We don't want anything to be biblically done here. We want something way beyond anything to be done biblically. So we've got to have Thomas's emphasis upon divine simplicity, Thomas's emphasis upon the attributes of God being one ad intra and only distinguished ad extra by creatures. And then you also need to have something that none of us even understood, even knew about until just recently, but now it is the definition of orthodoxy. Inseparable operations. We explain it to anybody without sounding like a bunch of wild-eyed modalists, but it's absolutely definitional. And now they're saying, if you have any problems with that, if you go, um, hold on one second here, um, we have questions about, is this apostolic? I mean, can we talk about what the apostles would have thought about this? Can we talk about, 
Can we do? Oh, no, 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 no. No, you can't. No, no. What I'm hearing now is you're wrong about God. And that's more important than the doctrine of indulgences. That's more important than the propitiatory sacrifice of the mass. That's more important than a mark on the soul of the Roman Catholic priest that allows him to work the miracle of transubstantiation. That's more important than purgatory. That's more important than the fact that the Roman Catholic gospel does not give peace is whether you understand the doctrine of inseparable operations. 99.9% of all practicing Christians in the world go the doctrine of the The division here saying we have a division about God. I have seen stuff. Look, may I say this again? I don't agree with Bruce Ware on EFS, ERAS, etc. I don't agree. That's my perspective. But I spoke at the G3 conference, Bruce, on the doctrine of the Trinity. And I knew then that people that were listening carefully could see differences of emphases. What I'm hearing now is he's not in the kingdom. You have you are supposed to have more in common with a Thomistic Dominican priest than you are with Bruce Ware. If that's where you're going, you people are going to absolutely marginalize yourselves. You're kicking yourselves out. You're creating division that will destroy institutions and for absolutely no reason because i'm telling you guys you can't harp on this stuff your people will walk away after the 47th sermon on inseparable operations they will your students are going to leave except for the students that are just the ones that are just they did i just love philosophy and i just i get up in the morning and i start reading philosophy and i Okay, you can have them. But the rest are just going someplace else. So an ecumenism that starts with arcane definitions, I'm not talking about the Trinity here. And if you try to make this definitional of the Trinity, even you are going beyond. The creedal statements. Well, but there, there are people that believe this, that, and the other. Look, they were all written before Thomas. And most of the efforts to try to cram Aristotle back into them are transparently invalid. So what do you do? Where does this lead? Where does this go? It is deeply troubling to see this happening. And then when people out here go, hey, uh, you know, that maybe we need to be doing some debates on this. Maybe we need, you know, we need to have some real exchanges going on here. What does Free Magazine do? Starts everybody. We can't have anybody who's questioning us. Well, okay. You all can block anybody you want to block. I can block you too if I want. I'm not going to. 
But I could do it, so what? What's the end result of all this is the question. It's very concerning. It's very, I've been warning about this for a while now. Very, very concerning. And I haven't even started talking about some of the material I already have of students of some of these men and their conversion to Roman Catholicism. One young man received in the Roman Catholic Church this past Easter, just a matter of weeks ago. And people saying there are many others. Haven't even gotten into that. I'm trying to stay focused on the key issues, but that's not that, that it's not that's not a key issue. Don't know where I don't know what the source of all this is. I really don't. People can speculate all they want. I I'm good enough going. Scholasticism is scholasticism. It's happens all the time. But I'm trying to warn folks about it. And that's part of the reasons. I think it's one of the reasons that the Lord's made sure that this ministry is supported by individuals all over the place and not by any particular publishing house and publishing agreements or schools and institutions, all the rest of that kind of stuff. Because I think there's a lot of people who agree with me, but they're afraid to say anything for their jobs, support, whatever it might be. We can we they need to say. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. All right. With that, I have gone a couple minutes past the hour. There's folks waiting on me to go get some really good chicken fingers. I tell you all too much stuff, but that's just the way I am. You know, it's so funny. I meet people in real life and they're like, so you're just like a normal guy and the stuff you do on the dividing line, that's how you are in real life. I ain't smart to have some persona. I can't do that. I can pull it off. Wouldn't want to anyways. I am just some weird Scotsman guy without any hair and with a fairly decent white beard. It's it's okay. Thanks for watching the program today. I don't know when we're going to be able to get back together with you, but I know by Tuesday where I'm supposed to be on my trip home. And I'm already scheduling other stuff to do in here. Have studio, have Starlink, will travel. And um, so uh, at least on Tuesday, I'm definitely planning on another full program. Hopefully I'll have some information. Let me check my email here real quick. Uh, hit the refresh thing there. Yeah, no. Nope. Oh, well. Uh, maybe I'll have some information that I can share with you um, for the next program. We, we will see. But uh, till then, pray for our conference here this weekend, the Sovereignty of God, and we'll see you next week. God bless. Peace.